Guys, what's up, man? I guess the vibe for this pod during these times is just to do only the bad Jude. Twisted times call for twisted measures. Oh, let's play the song. Yeah, play the song. Okay, who is Jude Law? Why is he in every movie I have seen? He's in everything. He's in everything. He's gay. He's straight. He's American. He's British. Next day he's playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the movie. Forgive my compromised sense of humor. But I did want to answer our host question. Jude Law is he's he's one of our finest actors. Hello and welcome to Law School, the podcast that is about the filmography of the one and only Jude Law. I'm Fran Hoffner. I'm Caroline Simons. How are we doing today, Fran? I think we got two breaking stories today. The first one is how we're doing. Um, I'm doing fine. I just housed some soup. Yeah. How are you? Um, My dinner was both too early and my lunch was too late. So I had a breakfast burrito at 5 p.m. Feeling sick, feeling twisted. You're the joker. I am the joker now. That's and that's fine. I think everyone's kind of, you know, being a little twisted. My friend says that carbonated water doesn't hydrate you. If that's true, I'm in trouble. I think it does hydrate you. Yeah, I know. Cause it can't seltzer, not is how I feel. How is a bubble going to stop you from absorbing water? Do you know what I mean? In that seltzer? Yeah. How's that not going to be water? The only difference is carbonation. I think I'm fine. He was trying to tell me um, I was dehydrated from drinking seltzer. I said, I can't really believe that. And people are so prescriptive about hydration. I'm guilty of this as a waterhead. You can never be hydrated. Well, I don't know if you can never be hydrated. You can't be like, no one's like, well, I'm good. There's always Hmm. room to hydrate. Sure. There's like, you want to hit a threshold, I believe, but you're never like at the point where you're like, I'm good. Put that water down. I thought you were saying more of like, everyone is always dehydrated. Isn't that, I, I do believe that, actually. You're not putting words in my mouth because I do feel that way. All right, fair enough. Uh, Sander, are you dehydrated? Here's the good news, bad news. I am hydrating. False bad news. I'm drinking a Bon Vive. I've turned my AC off because of the sound. Uh, and so it's getting hotter and I'm getting more dehydrated. And, you know, we only have so much time here before I collapse. Yeah. I know. I feel similarly that we are we are racing against the clock. Bon vive, laissez le bon temps rouler, Louisiana. <laughs> Did you like Stop. that? Stop. We have to talk about the Jude. We have to talk about the oh, Jude news. Have, that's the other breaking news. Jude, breaking news number Jude's one. News. How are we? We're dehydrated. Breaking news number two, Fran. Allegedly, Jude Law has been tapped. They love to say they love to say that in casting news. It's like so and so has been tapped. Hollywood has tapped Jude Law. To play Captain Hook in a ready for it live action Ooh, Peter Pan remake. Mix it up. Duck Duck Goose, your Captain Hook. Thoroughly pro. If it's gonna happen, I don't know when anything's ever happening again, but I love this news that's floated. The concept of the casting I think is good. Like who wouldn't want to see that? Yeah. And I think something we address often on this podcast is that Jude is probably better suited for untrustworthy roles. Mm-hmm. Of which I think a pirate captain is a good one. Yeah. Cool. He hasn't really done like a pirate before, has he? Dom Hemingway is like as close as oh he's gotten. Oh my god, remember that? I forgot. Yeah. I did forget about Dom Hemingway, I think. Do not forget that Hook's main plot arc 
is the alligator, the ticking alligator. I've never so, seen Hook. I don't know what Hook oh, is. Oh, my God. I'm just for it. I don't know what Peter it is. Pan, the whole thing with Peter Pan is Wait, wait. No, Hook- stop. No, stop. They're remaking an already remade Peter Pan. I thought they were remaking well, Peter every, Pan. Every five years they remake Peter Pan and in why some is fashion. That? Why do we do that? It's like Spider-Man. It's so misguided, though. Spider-Man's have, like, good yield, though. When has there been, like, a Peter Pan remake where everyone said, thank goodness for that? It was only the first one, the animated one. In, like, the 40s? Yeah. It's a 50s one, I think. 50s? Well, they have one that's, like, the animated one. And then they have one that's the live action um, that's, like, sort of looks like theater. That's very Mm. good. Then they got Pan, which I learned about live on the podcast. <laughs> they have Pan. They have Hook. They have Finding Neverland, but, which counts. Yeah, Finding Neverland, in the universe. good movie. Good movie. Love it. Um, I like Captain that movie. Captain Hook's main thing is that his arm, his hand was taken from an alligator. And the alligator like also swallowed a clock, I think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hook is obviously, as always, like, like hearing this like ticking. Mm-hmm. So I feel like an insane uh, revenge-ridden uh, Jude Law. Is gonna be pretty. Oh, maybe fun. it's like Crawl. Is Crawl good? I haven't seen Crawl, I've but you know Crawl. what I know about Crawl. What do you know? Ninety minutes. Oh, the perfect length. I am watching a lot of good perfect length, aka ninety minute movies, in the past week. Everyone I know who's watched Crawl has been like, it's good, great. So if it's sort of like Jude versus an alligator, I think that's good. The other thing I'll say about Peter Pan is that my friend Lucy and I would always talk about outfits that we felt were very um, Mr. Smee core. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'd, o- we'd always show up to someone and be like, ah, you look like Smee when you've got the like horizontal stripes and like a beanie on. Yeah. Here's, wh- here's what we have to avoid. What? We can't have like Josh Gad as Smee. Of course he He's absolutely going to be Smee. He's but literally, he's already been in one of these. He called his agent the second Jude Law was attached. The second he Jude Law was tapped, Josh Gad felt it. And he called his agent and said, I got to be Smee. You froze on that, so I'm just going to assume that means you're correct. No, you didn't freeze. You just literally were, were shocked to silence of my perfect, <laughs> my perfect depiction of what Josh Gad is up to on a day-to-day basis. I'm certain that Jude Law hates Josh Gad. Do you think he has an opinion on Josh Gad? How interesting. It's <laughs> a good point. That's a good point. I think James Corden has definitely gotten an email about this. Oh, it should be Paul Walter Hauser. King Thick Boy. Oh, that's great. Um, that yes, him. I think Jude Law has seen Frozen. His kids are a little old for it, though, right? No, he has younger kids, too. Frozen is like five or six years old at this Frozen, point. Right? And if Iris is like eight, I feel like Iris saw oh. that when she was 13. Oh, yeah. I also, like, what am I talking about? Literally everyone saw Frozen. It's a global I saw Frozen. Yeah, I was an adult. Did you see Frozen 2? No. I didn't see that either. Too adult for that. I I forgot that even happened. In the past, you could just go see Frozen 2 in theaters. In the past, on my day off, I could have gone to a theater with the AC and just, like, seen Tenet. Just vibed. (laughs) Fuck. I guess the third breaking news is that Tenet has been postponed indefinitely, which is... It's finally happened. Not good. It's not good. It's good, good, but it's not good, you know? I think a couple of people have written about this more articulately than I could, but I know a handful of folks who are really losing a lot of goodwill for Christopher Nolan because of this, like, cat and mouse delay game he was playing and how inappropriate it felt. How much do we think he's involved in this release schedule, though? 
I think that's Warner Brothers pushing. I think I'm sure he's like, "Hey, I'd like my movie to go out there." I think that's more. Warner he has Brothers so much control. It. Yeah, I guess it's okay. Like he, he does, picks he, his release dates. That's a good point. He always likes the July one. Like that's a, I forget that Dunkirk came out in July. Like same same weekend. Was it July or August? July, I'm pretty sure. I think it's, he oh, picks it's third that, week of July. It's yeah, like his he, sweet spot. Right, because all the dark, all the Batman, he like loves it coming out in July. I'm sure if, if you asked him, he'd like have a long explanation as to why. For sure. No, I mean, I think more movies that get delayed indefinitely will just like encourage people in the business side of things to like keep people home. But, um, you know, I thought I was going to get to see Tenet this year and looks like I won't. Yeah. And I'm the only the person this affects. Yeah. It's a Fran issue, first and foremost. I'm a single issue voter, and the issue is Tenet. Well, while we wait for Tenet to come out, the movie that we can keep watching <laughs> is Jude Law's 2006 All the King's Men. As Fran brought up a little prior to us pressing record, I guess now's the time to watch uh, all the twisted Jude Law movies. We're really yeah. kind of going in, aren't we? Yeah, we're going in on the worst of the worst. Um if you've listened to our show and you've listened to our theme song, you know it's from the Oscars in which Chris Rock roasted Jude Law for being in too many movies and then Sean Penn stepped in and said he's our finest actor. And you Great might to be think, roasted for having so much work, by the way. I know yeah, imagine getting roasted for having too much work. Um Yeah. Now we talk about that with like Jennifer Lawrence, you know? Oh yeah. You don't know what you got till it's gone. But yes, Sean Penn takes it upon himself, as we know from our theme song, to step up and say, Jude Law is our finest actor. And you might say, that's random. Is he just a big um, Jude Law fan? And the answer is no. They had just filmed the adaptation of All the King's Men, in which they are the two stars. And I got to tell you, if this is the movie that convinced Sean Penn that Jude Law is a great actor, yikes. Yeah, yikes are Roni. There's, this is a dense text. There's a lot in this film. There's like a lot happening. It's not good. And it's known for being not good. It is universally recognized as being mm-hmm. a non-good film. Critically panned. Audience didn't like. Basically doesn't exist. Yeah. Completely written out of the narrative of cinema. Which is now. crazy because it has a very star-studded cast. Incredible cast. Total like people thought this was for sure Oscar bait. I feel like Sean Penn must have championed it too because he is... He's giving a performance. He's acting in this movie as though he's a person who's liked and beloved. I mean, the movie hinges on how much you want to see Sean Penn scream. And by 2006, it's clear that people don't want that. He is the most selfish actor, not even as a dreadful person to be sure, but like as an actor, just gives nothing to anyone sucking the oxygen out of every scene, which happens in all of his movies, but it's never more present than this one. Yeah, he's just screaming. Should we should we back up and say how we got here and uh, Jude's participation in this in this? Yeah, it's possible you know more about this than I do. I'm gonna look up director's actual name so I don't trip over it's myself. Steve Zalian. It is Steve Zalian. Okay, so All the King's Men first was a movie in. I gotta look. I'm pretty sure it's 1949 because the book comes out in 46. So. This remake is puzzling. Steve Zalian directs it. He is a Spielberg screenwriter. He's written a lot of big movies. He continues to write movies. And this was his big shot at directing. And he thoroughly blew it. I think you can actually look at this movie and be like, it is not directed well. Like, it's that 
much of a like cacophonous train wreck kind of a thing. And he's even interviewed later being like, we were all surprised it did so poorly. And it sounds like he's very disheartened and upset about it. And I do feel bad because it must suck to be around movies, work so closely with Spielberg, work on all these big movies. And it does feel like like a like a Spielberg period piece wannabe. Mm-hmm. It's got the grand scope. It's got all these people in it. It has this like star power to it. And it just, it feels so misguided, just undirected. And it's a flop. It's a mess. Yeah. And you watch it. It's, it's this baffling. bizarre sort of like impression of a period piece, impression of a prestige drama, impression of a literary adaptation. You know, it is an adaptation in the sense that if you were to like go to sparknotes.com and just look up the major plot points of all the King's Men, like it basically hits all but like one and a half of them, maybe uh, two. But right, because you love you this love is the book, probably my favorite big, novel yeah. of of all time. So to see, and I think the Jack Burden, who is Jude Law's character, um, to see that character, everyone should live to see their favorite novel so poorly adapted with their favorite actor in the lead role just doing a bad job i think it's like really humbling yeah 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 wonderful i'm so happy for you fran i read this book in high school and the way that like i i don't know like girls were horny for like hamlet or like broody dudes from books like i was horny for jack burden who's like no way yeah totally because he's this like late 30s phd dropout who's like, I got too far into understanding history and got severe depression, and now I'm a corrupted like lackey for a politician. I was like, this is the man I want to marry. If you want to be mired in the past to a debilitating degree, the South is the place to go. Let me tell you what. And this book takes place in... The South. Louisiana. Louis- oh. Louisiana, yeah. <laughs> do it. No, do yours. No, do I, do can't, I can't do it. You live You'll in the South like- now. You'll be, I do live in the South. Famously, I've decamped the South, um, where it is, in fact, always hot. Every single piece of Southern cinema, literature, it's all it's all about the heat, which is real. I'm hot. Yeah. Right yeah. Jude never looks sweaty enough. No, no one looks right, to be sure. And that's another, like, missed verisimilitude of this movie. No one is sweating. Also, no one nails the accent. It's... I don't need to tell you, people really swing for the fences. Heavy New Orleans Southern accent. Jude can't do it. He can, he's not bad, but he can't do it. It's not there. It's, I wouldn't even say he's not, it's not bad. It's like you forget he's trying to do it and then like certain vowels will pop we'll up slip, like it. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, you were going for that. Oh my. I found something a long time ago and have held on to it for grim death ever since. I owe my success in life to it. It put me where I am today. No, it's like, it's like Southern Departed, and that like everyone <laughs> has been asked to do this accent this movie to varying is Southern Departed, deep fried Departed. Yeah, that's like what we're dealing so with. So Jude, I mean Jude's like bless a- Anthony Hopkins though, who does not try the accent. He's like, no. I don't do that. So like, I your guess children. Let's, let's run I'm, down. Surely, let's well, run down our cast. The cast should be a joy. It is a great lineup. Who we got? We got Jude Law's Jack Burden. Mr. Stark. I'm Mr. Jack Burden. Sure do. He's um, a newspaper reporter. Well, he's a PhD dropout turned newspaper reporter turned government lackey. Jude, I give him a B minus on the accent. Kind. What do you give him? 
I unfortunately, I mean, B minus, again, I just can't hardly wrap my head around the fact that he's doing it. Like he's doing a great American accent, but I keep forgetting he's doing a Southern accent. B minus in that he gets like certain vowels, right? Sure. Then we have... It's not consistent. Sean Penn as Willie Stark. I can't give him a grade because I can't listen to him. He does get the accent right, though. For sure, but he's so miscast. He's totally miscast. He must have been like a driving force behind getting this made. He must have been like, here, I want another Oscar. For an actor of a certain age and ability, this is probably a dream part because it goes from like idealistic hick hopeful socialist to like corrupt bad guy but i think right. the, part of the issue with like pen and pen's general miscasting is that when willie stark is in like the early days of his political career i just don't really buy sean pen as hapless or likable enough right he's scary like when he's giving these rousing populist speeches it's not inspiring it's scary it already feels like fascism before they get to the phase where he is giving these Mm -hmm. big fascist speeches to crowds and it's lit to look like you know triumph of the will or whatever i can't even get into the lighting and look of this movie because it's abysmal abysmal awful it literally looks like sin city garbaggio yeah when you said it looked like sin city i was like that's really funny um and true thank you so much so basically you have these two guys like Jack Burton goes to work for Willie Stark because he met him once in the back room of a bar and sort of liked his vibe. I know who he is. Fellow with a Christmas tie, pushed his school bond through, met him, watched him drink a bottle of orange pop once. And he's like reported on him as a political reporter. He's like, this guy maybe is good. By minute 30 of the movie, when I was like, I'm not entirely sure what their connection is, I then just kind of accepted, like, oh, he reported on him that one time in the bar. This movie is dragged down with expository dialogue, by the way. Um, so is the book, but that's why we love it. But well, that's the thing. As a book, I mean, sure, I did come away from this being like, I would love to read this book. I mean, the book is perfect. Uh, it's okay. But no, I mean, it's amazing. But the most recent time I reread it, I was like, hmm, it's wearing, it's wearing me down. Um... So then basically you've got a good Southern political. You've got a handful of people in the like Stark outfit, his like his other henchmen. So you've got we should. Can I just really quickly set the stage here? Because I think we're going to get lost. Like Willie Stark, the Sean Penn character is like this populist hero plucked out of backwoods, Louisiana, runs for mayor, upsets the establishment, runs Louisiana. And you want a big time spoiler? They know we do spoilers. Oh yeah, he gets assass- he gets assassinated in the state capitol. It is loosely based on real mayor of. I keep saying mayor, governor, governor. governor. We're big time. We're big time Louisiana. We're talking about the governorship. Populist becomes governor. Establishment of Louisiana old money slash energy industry hates him. He's going to take all their money and give it to the poor. He loses sight of that. He becomes corrupt. He is shot by Mark Ruffalo. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So he's got a bunch of like his various hench people working for him, sort of spearheaded by a man who gets called Tiny Duffy. And this is sort of the mm-hmm. classic thing of a guy they call Tiny because he's fat. Um, and yeah, he's yeah. very, I like, get politics. I know that, fat yeah. cat government guy. And he's mm-hmm. played by classic um, Southern character actor James Gandolfini. If you're wondering if he can do the accent... No. That's... No. It's sad because, I mean, like... Gandolfini as like a crooked guy working for someone's campaign office, theoretically good. Great. Tammany Hall, make him Tammany Hall. Yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, the one Tammany Hall I recognize is Broadbent, obviously, in Gangs of New York. Written by... Steve Zalian. Man. Gandolfini fails the accent test. And then we also have this woman named Sadie Burke, played by Patricia Clarkson, who's both Willie Stark's like secretary, but he's also sleeping with her. This is a total departure from the Sadie Burke that's in the book. Yeah? What's she like in the book? She has the like really short black hair and like a of scarred face from like a very difficult rough childhood in the sticks and the idea is that she's sort of been- when you said when you said her haircut i pointed at me like me and then you mentioned the rough childhood and the scars and i was like no longer me but keep going yeah 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 no i get it um thank you and the whole idea is that she sort of like pulled herself up out of the sticks and this like very abusive relationship with her father in order to have this job. She's like pretty powerful despite only being the secretary. I always pictured her as having this sort of like Velma Kelly, like also same time period. Should I mention this is also like thirties, this is thirties Louisiana. I'm sorry, but yeah. also yes, the no, Velma Kelly thing. She's very like hard nosed and like unlikable and they kind of consistently treat her like shit, but she always has one over on them. And like she and Jack have this really like, I think sort of solid relationship between them where they seem to actually see each other as equals in all of this. And Patricia Clarkson is cast in just a totally incoherent reimagining of this character who is nothing, just like a person who's there. I was going to ask if Patricia Clarkson pulls off the accent because I feel like I've seen her do stuff and she does seem Southernish. Yeah, she she's good. Have you seen, um, what was the HBO show? I'm forgetting. Sharp Objects? No, I, I know her from House of Cards. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Let him be frank. I hate that because I say I'll be frank all the time, and I now, I, I've had to like slowly expunge it from my lexicon because of that cursed, cursed video. I have not watched, I never it, watched but it, but I think the caption of Let Me Be Frank is probably one of the craziest things I've lived to see. Speaking of shitposting, this movie is a shitpost. This movie's a shit post. I will say before I cut out, um, did you get through everything about Patricia Clarkson character? Because that is fascinating to me in that I would have loved to have seen any of that depth, any of that depth um, in this movie. I literally thought she was his wife until, I don't know, three-fourths of the way through the movie? Right. And so... I mean, she has this like ongoing sexual relationship with him, but he doesn't come through. By the way, which they have there's nothing between them. I mean, it doesn't really. It's very off screen in the book too. But she's always complaining to Jack anytime he like sleeps with like a prostitute or whatever. But I mean, she's the person who like sets up, puts into motion like the assassination plot, basically. Because she she's, does. Yeah. So this is a big part of the book: is that someone tips off the Mark Ruffalo character. So basically mm-hmm. you have these two other characters, which is like Anne and Adam Stanton, and they are Jack's childhood friends, and they were the child of the governor like when they were all kids. And Adam, played by Mark Ruffalo, is an adult, is like this rich, very moralist doctor. And then Anne is sort of like, I'm blonde, and she's played by Kate Winslet. She's played by Kate Winslet. And this is our ma- this is our amazing cast, guys. It is a great cast. What a shame. And the deal with, like, Anne Stanton is that she is, like, this, like, symbol of purity and she, like, works with schools. And so in trying to get, like, money for schools, she starts sleeping with Willie Stark, which is, like, 
There has to be something about him that is irresistible, which which also like Sean Penn is not good at playing. I just wish someone charming played this role and not Sean Penn when whenever he yells or opens his mouth. Yes, totally. Is, um, completely disconcerting and unappealing. Who would you Awful. recast? I thought about this a lot. It was really hard to come up with someone. It's the same question of, um, remember I was like, who could be Amadeus now? Oh, yeah. Obviously, it's not the same person, but just the notion of like, who are our charismatic, charming, outrageous, outlandish leading men? Like, who's got the range? Do you think Jude could have done it? Is that a dumb question? Who? If Jude Law had <laughs> been Willie Stark <laughs> and Sean Penn had been Jack. No. Are you going? Going to difference is too very weird. funny. Going who is funny <laughs> for Jude Law. <laughs> Could you have done it? And you're like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know, like a Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, that'd be great. He has to be like a guy who can play both low and high status, which is tough. Right. It can't just be like snake oil salesman. And when he's like in his sort of up and coming sort of stupid phase, he has to be believably stupid. Right. He has to be a fast learner. He's got to be scrappy. Yeah. So I have no idea, but not Sean Penn. Just not Sean Penn. Um, and like Sean Penn, the his he seems like he came so prepared to this role, but in a way, again, that is selfish because everyone else seems to be stumbling around in the dark. It's like he knew what this movie should have been and shared that with nobody. It's like he just <laughs> came in to do his monologues he like for his Oscar bait stuff and doesn't help out anyone else. And guess what? The movie is incohesive. Yeah. In part because of that. And then you've also got Anthony Hopkins in there truly phoning it in, like a classically phoned phoning in Hopkins in. performance. I do love that he did not even attempt the accent. No, not at He's all. like, this isn't for me. No. Um, and then you've got Jackie Earl Haley as like the muscle. In the middle of his like big period. He had just done, um, not Little Women, Little Children. What else was he in? He's with- in um, Shutter Island. How about that? That was what I was thinking of. Which we just watched. God, did we ever. Um, Been a long year. That's a movie where Martin Scorsese wants to do anagrams. Anyway. <laughs> Jackie Earl Hay. I need to find this and then. little No, Little Children was 2006. Same year. Okay. Okay, you're right. Same year. Interessante. He's an Alita battle angel. I didn't see. Oh, good movie. It's always HBO is always telling me to watch it. I'm not against it. In fact, I have the time now. Um, yeah, it's good. I think you're going to really like it. This movie, though. This movie, you're not going to like. I mean, I can barely talk. This movie just, like, completely, like, fucks up what the art of adaptation is about, which is about, like, not taking the bullet point things that happen, but expanding on the central themes. And a thing I've learned about teaching that is sort of in conversation with what I remember as a student is I was always so pissed off when they would make us talk about themes in class. I'd be like, I don't want to talk about themes. Like, I don't understand themes. But something you learn when you sort of like dive into like literary theory and writing is that like plot just exists in service of themes and like everything Mm -hmm. that happens as a story element is just in service of the theme. Like it is just acting out a theme. And so it's basically taken all of the events, but none of the themes. And so it's like, yeah, it sucks. Like it's not about anything. So, like, as someone who watched the movie about nothing and didn't read the book, which is great and about something, like, I wish I could even take a stab at what the theme should be, but I can't, like, what is the theme of this book? I base, it's basically sort of, um, 
basically the same as the Ashton Kutcher movie, The Butterfly Effect. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It's very, it's about like actions having consequences, and okay. that it's basically like you have Jack Burden, who is this kind of like Nick Carraway type in like a Gatsby esque yeah. situation, who's trying to be like this journalist and like of all the like stark lackeys all he does is just dig up dirt on people so he's like i'm very neutral i just do research like i'm not Mm -hmm. involved i don't necessarily stand for stark's politics now that he's bad but um i'm just a guy with a job and the book basically makes the case of like you were never just like an unconscious observer like you are always involved you are always implicated like anything you do says something and right one of like the two big things that happens in the book that is not in the novel is that you get the like full story of like why he flunked out of his PhD program. Yeah, why? See, this is why I'm gonna I'm probably gonna read the book. Like this sounds fascinating. Again, can't stress enough how none of this is in the movie at all. Basically he does this project on like this like ancestor he has from the Civil War, like a great uncle or something. This relative feels so guilty for not thinking that like his affair could like affect someone else in the household and jack burden sort of like reads all about how he spent the rest of his life like looking trying to like buy this woman her freedom and like was totally unable to do so and jack sort of like can't deal with like the unendingness of this story and that it like didn't ever resolve and that he had to like live with his relative had to like live with this disappointment and he like drops out of his phd program he gets like extremely depressed and he's just like history like is horrible and i hate how we are all like tethered to it and then the other subplot is that when jack finds out that um Anne stanton is having this affair with like willie he just like drives to california for a long weekend and then drives back what? yeah and the like the california chapter is basically the entire backstory of like jack and the stanton siblings and how like love is the act of just like constantly making and unmaking a person alongside you and sometimes you don't like the person that another person makes you into and just like this whole thing about like connectivity um it's so great it's so good wow i can't believe you had to watch this movie after knowing this about the source material the movie really is just like what if we took some lines from the book and did the scenes there's a scene where sean penn sings yeah, what was that? That's not in the, the book. Ice That's not in the book. Is the ice skating burlesque in the book? Yeah, oh, it's roller skating, but yes. Why not make it roller skating then? Why do stage ice skating? And it's in Chicago in the book. Oh, nice. There is like those Swedish roller skaters from Chicago, and I'm like, that's. I me. can't believe they. I can't believe they robbed you of that. Of so, they robbed you of so much. They robbed you of Chicago representation. I know. So if we, d- I mean, if we refocus on Jude, Jude is playing this character who has such like a rich depth in the book because he's so entrenched in the themes of the book. But in the movie, it's like Jude's barely in the movie, and he's technically the main character. I feel like every scene that Jude is in, he's literally sitting on the periphery of a larger conversation like in the back of a room kind of like skulking watching and that's like the director's idea of like yeah a narrator who's just like watching something happen well they say you're very influential it must be fascinating to be very influential i honestly wouldn't know it's like well that's the whole point of this you can't just watch you gotta be a part you are a participant one way or another right and like it's like how i imagine it's probably very difficult to play like a nick caraway type but 
Sam Waterston did fine. That's true. No, that is who, that actually is true. Who's who plays Dick Carraway in the Baz Luhrmann? Obviously, it's Toby McGuire. <laughs> oh my god, it's Toby from Molly's Game. From Molly's Game, yeah, yeah. What's crazy is when oh, I was in college, sick. I was like, this will revive Toby McGuire's career. I love having hot takes in college. Uh, I love being twenty years old and having an opinion. Thank you so much. Part of the enjoyment of the Jack Burton character in the book is that he is like a true sort of like intellectual fuck boy who's constantly overthinking things and relating things to like history and time and the Bible and being very like, well, devil's advocate, which you just don't get in something like Why this you, unless I it has gave him a personality. Yeah. Well, he has no personality. There's no like voiceover. Oh, the very beginning, the very, oh, the very sure. beginning is. And that's when I groaned because I said, Oh brother, I know whose voice that is, and I can't tell if he's doing an accent or not. To find something, anything, a great truth or a lost pair of glasses, you must first believe there will be some advantage in finding it. Yeah. It's not good. And with, It's not good if you can't tell. With all love and respect to Jude, I don't Always. believe that Jude dropped out of a PhD program, you know? Absolutely. That's not the vibe. Do you want to place him on The Matrix? Yeah, let's do that. Um, American, American as you can be. Yeah. And like pretty straight for Kate Winslet. Yeah. I mean, straight and American's like the most boring Jude can be. And guess what? He's really boring in this movie. Yeah. Because he's nothing. Hair looks good. Oh, amazing. I mean, he looks hot, but it's like, again, like, like Crimes of Grindelwald, like at what cost? Right, it would be hotter if he were like kind of like a snarky fuckboy, which apparently was there for them to draw from, and someone was like, no, not important. A personality for our protagonist, not important. Let's not do that. Probably Sean Penn was like, I'm the only one who can have a personality in this movie. Right. With his stupid ass eraser head hair, just like awful, awful, awful. Well, they take. There's one scene from the book that's taken almost verbatim. That's one of my favorite scenes from the book, which is when Jack and Sadie are sitting at the cafe. And he's like, and she's like, can I sit here? He's like, you can sit here. You can lie with me, like whatever. And she's like, uh, no. And he's like, why? And she's like, you look like a box of spilled spaghetti. But I can't recall ever going for anyone who reminds me of a box of spilled spaghetti. Which is like a classic own, but like makes no sense coming out of that character. And then it's like when she says that, he's like, mm, Sadie's cool. Right. That, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's taken from the book because it is the most chemistry the two have in that it's two people interacting. There's just none of that in the rest of this movie where two people uh, who have distinct personalities and traits uh, interact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have to belabor this bad movie more. I just want to talk about one more thing. Yeah. Which is that when. Stark does the big speech at the county fair. He gets all the hicks to um, chant, nail him up. He does. Which Can you help me with that? Is from the book. Sure. But what does it mean in the book? Well, it's basically about, I mean, they ran him as a third party candidate. Right, to split the vote. To split the vote. And so I guess where part of where like the book and the film diverge is that in the book, he does lose that election. It's that he runs the next term and wins. Whereas in the movie, he just somehow manages to win a three-way election. That wouldn't happen. Um, So it's that he, like, bides his time. And so what he's saying about the, like, nail him up, he's like, they're not going to elect me. They put me in here as a dummy. That's totally, that's, like, what it is. I fell for it, so there's nothing we can do about it. But when they're in office and if they don't make good on the things that they promise you, 
nail them up, like hold them accountable. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But it also really reads like lock her up is what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I mean, we definitely in 2006 were not thoroughly exhausted by the trajectory of populist who goes towards totalitarian tendencies while in office. But uh, yeah, it's definitely there. It's definitely there. And it's hard not Mm -hmm. to read into some of that Trumpian stuff, even though this is a very different kind of politician, because the idea is that Mm -hmm. he was corrupted by this power versus like entering already corrupt. Totally. Man. Yeah, I'm actually excited to read this book. It's so good. I hope you like it. I do. I love a good I love a good political thriller. I'm really just a real John Grisham head over here, I guess. It's definitely more introspective than that. It is a lot of like driving around and looking at those like old Louisiana trees and just being like Time. Time. <laughs> Time with a capital T. It is a lot of that. I love when people in the South are obsessed with history. Literally. I mean they it fucked is. it up so bad they should be obsessed. Oh my god, they can't let it go. It's something though. Yeah. It is hot. Is there any movie where it's cold in the south? <laughs> you know. Day after tomorrow. <laughs> Sander, I swear to god. Do you know what I mean? It's always hot. Yeah. It's always hot. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of like a western where like I'm trying to think of one like that's the, the hateful West. eight or whatever. Okay, that's true. That's, that's like Colorado. West. You're thinking of like that's the West. Well, just, well, I'm a, I'm like it's Alabama and it's cold. Winter bones doesn't have to be. That's Arkansas. Winter's that's a good bone. Point. Winter's bone. I think that's Arkansas. Like it doesn't have to be freezing. I'm talking like 40 degrees in the morning. Warms up to 47 by midday. What's the one with Charlize Theron? She's the woman who works in the mine. That's that's North Country. It's literally called North Country. How's it going to be in the (laughs) south? Isn't that West Virginia? That's sort of Southern. No, I want like, I want like. You will never be satisfied. That's, that's for sure. But I'm like, okay, I want it where it's like. New Orleans, but it's kind of chilly. It just rains in New Orleans. It's December, January, New Orleans. I don't need rains. like I don't need like permafrost. How cold does it get? In because I went to, okay, I went to Winston Salem for a wedding in November. I was cold. I wore a blazer the whole time. I looked great. It was cold though. Yeah. During the day. Yeah. So I'm just trying to find that in a movie. I don't think they're making those movies. <laughs> they're not making any movies. First of all, right now, so Paul Schrader wrapped. On his movie. Did you see? Did he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What's he doing? Something with Oscar Isaac. Good. I mean, yeah. I like seeing Almodovar and um, Tilda on set. That seemed joyful to me. Oh, yeah. Good for them. I wonder if Matt Damon's still in that Irish town. No, no, no. I think he came back to L.A. I kept tabs. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's fine. Oh, my God. Everyone's good. Okay, we have to... I've been going almost one hour, no AC. Oh, my God. You got to get chilly. I, All right, I think we've done... We've we've said our piece here. It's a bad movie. It's a train wreck. I wish there were some merit to it. Don't I watch wish it. it were even a fun watch. No one should watch it. We did it so you wouldn't have to. And we're here to confirm. Uh, it's just... It's just not there. It just didn't hit. It's not there. I'm not Can't there. Can't wait to see what other... 
I'm not there. That's right, the movie starring Kate. Oh, no, other Kate. I'll cut all of this. Doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Look, we got to call it quits. We're tired. We're sleepy. It's hot, it's hot as shit. The past, the past is never ending. That's like a, what's a good, like, Southern Let me tell you. Oh, what should, I I, will say. should I read the final line of the novel? Please. I'm about go to say this whole thing has just made me want to read the book. All right, I'll read the last the last two sentences. Please do. We shall come back, no doubt, to walk down the row and watch young people on the tennis courts by the clump of mimosas and walk down the beach by the bay where the driving floats lift gently in the sun and on out to the pine grove where the needles thick on the ground will deaden the football so that we shall move among the trees as soundlessly as smoke. But that will be a long time from now. And soon now we shall go out of the house and go into the convulsion of the world, out of history, into history, and the awful responsibility of time. Wow, so we row on, et cetera. Et yeah, cetera. he's definitely being like, green, green light, bitch. Wow, absolutely. You know um, time cl- is capitalized. Oh, you better believe time is capitalized. I just love uh, out of history, into history. I love that. That's really great. I can't wait to read this book. Now it's book club. Book club with Jude Law. Has Jude read the book? I really don't think Jude read the book. I don't think so either. I think there was a lot going on. His like he was too he was too busy at that point in his life to like go if he was doing something like this now, which he wouldn't because he's too much good taste, but um he would read the book now, but not then. 2006 Jude was way too busy for books. Do you think he yeah, owns definitely. a copy and it's like on his shelf and he's like Maybe one day. He's like, ah. Well, when he reads it, he's going to be pissed. Right, because he really missed out. Um, last thing, clump of mimosas. I have a mimosa tree in my backyard. One day I'll show you. That's a line from that. Yeah. I didn't know it was a plant. Trees. I had to look it's it up. It's a big tree. It's a big tree. Clump of mimosas is such a good phrase. Mm-hmm. They flower. They have like fuzzy pink uh, flowers on them. That's, that's beautiful. Isn't that, if only this movie were. We're so tired. <laughs> All right. Thank you to Ben Kling for the song, Karen Hahn for the artwork, Sandra Randall for producing. You're one of the best, Sandy. You're one of the best out there. I'm Fran Hoffner. I'm Caroline Simons. Good night.